This is Women in Revival podcast, and today we are continuing the series, Learning from Wives in the Bible. Our sub-series is Abigail and a House Under Fire. Our topic for today is Abigail, the wife of Nabal. Today we will see a woman called Abigail. Many people know her as David's wife, but before she was David's wife, she was the wife of Nabal. The Bible describes Abigail as a woman of good understanding, a woman who knew herself, who had understanding and insight into things, good understanding. Even though her husband was a terrible man, Abigail still managed to live a godly life. Sisters, maybe you are in the same situation as Abigail. Maybe your husband is an unbeliever, or maybe he is a believer, but he doesn't live as a believer should. Be like Abigail a woman of good understanding, a woman who knew her place in God and lived like that. Deborah Shinobi will now take us further on Abigail. Heavenly Father, thank you once again as we continue this series and get into the next sub-series. I am praying that you engrave yourself deeply into every heart. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, Amen. I want to welcome you to Women in Revival podcast and particularly to this series that we've been looking at, Learning from Wives in the Bible. We are looking at their ordeal, the outcome of what their ordeal was and how their lives adorned the gospel or how their lives failed to adorn the gospel. We've looked at Eve and we saw Eve and a total stranger. And we also looked last time at Ruth, treading the path of widowhood. And this time we are starting the next sub-series. Remember, I told you we've got about 11 women to look at. We want to consider their marriage, to trust God to help our own marriage. Whether we are young wives, whether we are older wives, whatever stage we are in our marriage, God can redeem our marriage. And the plan of God and the purpose of God is that we enjoy our marriage regardless of the season of life that we find ourselves. So, let us move on as we consider our number three sub-series, Abigail and House Under Fire. So, let us see what the Lord will share with us on this series, Abigail and House Under Fire. And we'll be going into the book of 1 Samuel chapter 25. And I'm praying that as we do this, you will find it a blessing. Amen. Now today, I want us to look at Abigail, the wife of neighbor. You know, one of the beautiful things of studying characters in the Bible is that you see attitude. You see many things that will spur you also into the will of God. So, and I know that that is what the life of Abigail is going to do for many of us who are going through this series as wives. So, let us look at Abigail, the wife of neighbor. We want to look at the person of Abigail. So, shall we go to 1 Samuel chapter 25 and we will read from verse 2 and 3. I will just leave the verse 1 alone. And it reads, And there was a man in man whose possessions were camel, and the man was very great, and he had 3,000 sheep and 1,000 goats, and he was sharing his sheep in camel. Verse 3 now. Now, the name of the man was Nabal, and the name of his wife, Abigail. And she was a woman of good understanding and of a beautiful countenance, but... The man was churlish and evil in his doing, and he was of the house of Caleb. So, we want to look at Abigail, the wife of Nabal. And like I said, there will be so many things we can learn from the life of this woman. First, we will see that Abigail was a woman, she was a wife, and she was a wife of a rich man. But aside that, there are some things that I want us to look at as the Bible described Abigail to us. Because I believe the basis for our action based on this introduction 
on this personality, on these characteristics of Abigail. So in that verse 3, the Bible says she was a woman of good understanding. Abigail was not just a woman of understanding, but she was a woman of good understanding. And we are going to see how that played out even in Abigail's marriage, in Abigail's life, in Abigail's story. God is writing his story. He's weaving out his counsel every day, every now and then. And I'm praying that your marriage will fit in into the plan, into the picture of God for such a time as ours. So Abigail was a woman of good understanding. I want us to keep that in our heart. Not only was she just a woman of understanding, but the type of understanding that Abigail had was the type that was good. Some of us wives, we indeed have understanding, but the type of understanding that we have is not the type of understanding that builds our homes. It's not the type of understanding that encourages our husband. But before I go on, I want to quickly read Proverbs 24 to see why do you need to be a woman of good understanding proverbs 24 that's one of the scriptures that i love and we are going to read probably verse 3 it says through wisdom and houses builded and by understanding it is established so what is this saying to us through wisdom you build a house but by understanding that house is established and that is what we will see concerning Abigail. She was a woman of good understanding. The Bible says wisdom is the principal thing. But in getting wisdom, what must you get? Get understanding. The Bible says by wisdom, a house is established. Many of our marriages are not established. Many of our family life is not established. Many of our own life actually is not established. And I will be talking about how do we make sure that our life is well established in order for us to be women of good understanding. So now the Bible says Abigail was a woman of good understanding and then and of a beautiful countenance. Wow. She was not just a woman of good understanding. Even her countenance was a beautiful one. The Living Bible says she was a beautiful and very intelligent woman. Abigail was beautiful. So when you are talking about physical beauty, she was beautiful. But for Abigail, physical beauty was not what earned her, what became of her, but rather she had inner beauty. So the Bible says she was a beautiful woman and a very intelligent woman. Why was she intelligent? Because she was a woman who has understood even the way of God. I am praying that as we discover the life of this woman, the Lord will make you also a woman of good understanding. A woman who is not only beautiful on the outside, but beautiful on the inside. The honest truth is that our physical beauty is not what we sustain our marriages. There are people who got married quite beautiful, but along the line, something happened to their beauty. So does that mean that will be the end of their marriage? I don't think so. So there is a beauty we need to seek for called inner beauty. The Bible in 1 Peter chapter 3, maybe from verse 3 and 4, it says, Whose adoni let it not be that outward adoni of plating the hair, and of wearing of gold, or of putting on of apparent, but let it be the hidden man of the heart, in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. So are you saying, verse 5 says, For in this manner, in the old time, the holy women also, who trusted God, adorned themselves, being in subjection unto their own husband. So we see that these older women, these holy women of old, the type of beauty that they pursued was that of a meek and quiet spirit. They had this inner beauty. 
their beauty was not just the outward beauty, but there was an inner beauty that radiates even in their outward beauty. In Proverbs chapter 24, verse 3, you know, I was telling you that by understanding a house is established. And I want us to look at what will make you be established. Because if you are not established, your home cannot be established. So let us quickly go to um, Colossians chapter 2. And I will read verse 6 and verse 7. And I would like to read that from as many translations that I can. The King James Version, which is my favorite version, says, As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. Let me pause there. So are you born again? Have you accepted Jesus as the Lord of your life? We are saying now, there is the need to walk in that Jesus. You can't claim to be a Christian and you are a wayward wife. You are an angry wife. You are a quarreling wife. Says if you claim to be a Christian woman, walk in Christ then. Then verse 7 says, rooted and built up in him. Rooted and built up in him. That is what it means to be established. If you are going to be established, you want to be rooted. You know, the, the root of a tree goes down into the soil. And all the nourishment of the tree comes from the root. So also, as a wife, you want to allow your root to go deep, to go deep into Jesus. And it goes on, established in the faith as he has been taught, abounding daring with thanksgiving. Now, let me see if I can get any other translation. The good news says, keep your roots deep in him. That is, keep your roots deep in Jesus. Don't let your roots go back to your culture. Don't let your root be the society that you are living in. Don't let your root be the lifestyle of women, so to say. Don't let your root be the worldly magazine. Don't let your root be Facebook. Don't let your root be social media. Don't let your root be movies and film. Instead, let your root go deep into Jesus Christ. Build your life on him and become stronger in your faith. Until you become stronger in your faith, until you become that woman whose root is rooted in Christ Jesus, your own will not find establishment. And it is my prayer that as we continue to consider the life of this woman called Abigail, your life will be fully grounded in Christ Jesus, that your root will no longer be what you used to know, but rather Christ, who is the only root for every successful marriage. Amen. This is Woman in Revival podcast, and yesterday we continued learning from Wives in the Bible, sub-series, Abigail and a House Under Fire. Our topic for today is, Who Was Nabal? Today we will be talking about the man Nabal. Nabal's name means foolish, and indeed he was a foolish man. But in the midst of all Nabal's characteristics and the way he made Abigail's life miserable, Abigail still managed to live a life that was upholding and a standard and a righteous life. Sister, maybe your husband is like Nabal. Maybe he's a difficult person. Don't take your time fighting your husband. Don't waste your time arguing with him. Instead, go to the God who helps all and ask him to help you to behave in a manner which is pleasing towards him. Abigail's husband was a difficult man, yet she still managed to live a life that was pleasing towards God. Sister, don't let your husband or any person stop you from living a righteous life. Deborah Shinbi will now take us further on this subject. Sister, 
sweet Holy Spirit, thank you, our teacher. Thank you for what you have in your heart, even for us during this series. Thank you for the mind of God that you want to reveal to us through the life Thank you, Lord. Amen. I want to welcome you back to this particular series, and it is my prayer that you will find it edifying. May it transform your marriage as you are transformed. We are still on the series, Learning from Wives in the Bible. If there's anywhere you want to take cue from, you want to go to the Word of God. And we are looking at these women of old and how they handled their marriage and how God helped them or how they handled or mishandled their marriage and what became of their lives. So we started this series, Abigail and a House Under Fire. And many of you are in matrimony that is under fire. And as we look at the life of Abigail, I am praying that you will take wisdom. You will get understanding indeed. Last time we were looking at Abigail, the wife of neighbor. We saw that as the wife of neighbor, she was a beautiful woman, but her beauty was not just the external beauty. She was a woman of inner beauty. And we saw that she was a woman of good character. She was a woman who was established in good understanding. We saw she was a wife and not just a wife, the wife of a rich man, the wife of a wealthy man. Yet we are going today to now see even what life meant for this woman as a wife of neighbor. So today, let us consider who was neighbor. Let's consider who neighbor the husband of Abigail was. So let's go again to 1 Samuel chapter 25. We will read verse 3 to 11, verse 25 and verse 36. And verse 3 to 11 says, Now the name of the man was Nabal, and the name of his wife Abigail. And she was a woman of good understanding and of a beautiful countenance. But the man was churlish and evil in his doings, and he was of the house of Caleb. I don't know, maybe we should pause there briefly before I continue. We are looking at who was neighbor, the husband of Abigail. Some of us, we've complained so much about our husbands. Sometimes when I read some husbands in the Bible, I'm like, wow, how did their wife manage to succeed? And these women had such terrible husbands and they succeeded and their record is written in the Bible. So we are being introduced to the person of Nabal. And the Bible says he was a childish man and evil in his doings. Are you saying Nabal was a stubborn, the living Bible calls it. The Amplified says he was a rough and evil man. In his doing. Are you saying such was the type of husband Abigail married to? Now let's go on from verse 4. And David heard in the wilderness that Nabal did share his sheep. And David sent out ten young men. And David said unto the young men, Get you up to Carmel and go to Nabal and greet him in my name. And thus shall you say to him that liveth in prosperity. Are you saying? Peace be both to thee, and peace be to thine house, and peace be unto all that thou hast. And now I have heard that thou hast sharers. Now thy shepherds, which were with us, we hurt them not, neither was there aught missing unto them. All the while they were in Carmel. Ask thy young men, and they wish you thee. Wherefore, let the young men find favor in thy eyes. For we come in a good day, give, I pray thee, whatsoever commit to thy hand, unto thy servants, and to thy son, David. Now, I think I want to pause here before we go on. This is um, Abigail's husband, neighbor. We saw that he was a rich man. He had thousands of sheep. He was rich. And here now, if you are following our I was reading. You saw David sending his men. They've helped neighbor's men. And now David and his men were in need. And he sent to neighbor. And you see the way he approached neighbor in honor and respect. Said, Please, we pray you. Have mercy on we, your servants. Verse 8. 
I pray thee, whatsoever come to thine hand, unto thy servant, and to thy son. Are you seeing how they are dressed in? He said, please let us find favor in your sight. You see, then verse 9 says, And when David's young men came, they spoke to Nabal according to all those words in the name of David. Let's see the response of Nabal. Verse 10, And Nabal answered David's servants and said, Who is David? And who is the son of Jesse? There be many servants nowadays that break away every man from his master. Shall I then take my bread and my water and my flesh that I have killed for my sharers and give it unto men whom I know not where they be? Wow. So such was the husband of Abigail. A man who could open his mouth and just blast you. A man who could open his mouth and just say anything that he wanted to say. Not caring how whatsoever he says will affect you. Not minding the effect of his words upon you. A man that you will approach in simplicity and humility. But by the time he pound on you, he's going to lash you off. Such was the husband. Now let's read verse 25. Verse 25 says, Let not my Lord, I pray to regard this man of Beliah. Now, this was Abigail speaking. Remember, we are looking at who was neighbor. Who was neighbor. So, we've seen that he was a type of man who could speak any way he wants to speak, though rich. He was a money waster. And we are seeing, Abigail says, he was a son of Beliah. For his name is Nabal, so for as his, even Nabal, for as his name is, so is he. Nabal is his name, and folly is with him. But I then and may sword not the young men of my Lord, whom thou didst send. You see, Abigail was saying, this is who Nabal is. I know my husband is a foolish man. It's not as if I don't know. His name means foolish, and that is who he was. But I'm pleading on his behalf. So, Nabal was a foolish man. Now verse 36 says, And Abigail came to Nabal, and behold, he had a feast in his house, like the feast of a king. This was the man that David was pleading for whatsoever he could give them, and he refused. Here is the man now doing party. The Bible says he did a feast like that of a king. Wow. And Nabal's heart was merry within him. For he was very drunken. So not only was he a money waster, he was a drunkard. Wherefore, she told him nothing, less or more until the morning light. So we are seeing the type of husband that Abigail married to. We are seeing who neighbor was. Thank God for this account of neighbor. And I want us to still look at who neighbor was. So we saw that Nabal was the husband of a beautiful woman called Abigail, isn't it? Nabal was the husband of a woman of good understanding. But Nabal himself was foolish. Nabal was a man who can blast you, who speak just anyhow. Nabal was a money waster. Nabal was a rich man. He was a farmer. Nabal was a, a man who throws wide party. And Nabal was a drunkard. I hope we are seeing the type of husband Abigail married to. Nabal was also a very stingy man. He would prefer to waste his money and riches on party and neglect the need of genuine people like David and his men. Nabal was a man who was into substance abuse. He was for the Bible tells us that he was a drunkard, isn't it? And even at the party that he called in his home, in verse 36, the Bible says that he was drunk. And we are seeing the type of man that Abigail, a beautiful woman, a woman of good understanding, was married to. So I want you to consider what life would have been for Abigail, the wife of such a man. This was a man who may have called the party without his wife's knowledge. He went ahead and do whatsoever he thinks he wants to do. So he's that type of man. 
neighbor is that type of man who does whatsoever he seems right doesn't care whether his wife is in agreement or not in agreement after all he has the money to do whatsoever he wanted to do so i am praying that as we consider the life of this man uh, or particularly should i say the life of abigail and the type of man she married and how god helped abigail despite the harsh husband that she had despite a husband that would not acknowledge her despite a husband who would rather waste money despite her husband who was probably abusing her emotionally yet we will see the lifestyle of abigail and how god used abigail to calm a house that was under fire i am praying that the Lord will give you the wisdom of Abigail, the understanding that Abigail had. I don't know who your husband is, but we've seen whom the husband of Abigail was. We've seen who neighbor was, a foolish man, a rich man, but foolish. A man of many flock, but foolish, stingy, would rather waste money rather than help life. A man that opens his mouth without thinking. Such was the husband of Abigail. And I'm praying that the Lord will reposition your heart to see who you should be as a biblical wife. Abigail came, Abigail is gone. You are the one on the scene now as a wife here on earth. And I want you to know Evan is also writing even your story. Are you going to be a woman of good understanding like Abigail, it is my prayer that God will find you as his present day Abigail, even in your matrimony, regardless of who your husband is, regardless of your husband's attitude, regardless of your husband's action. Amen. Women in Revival podcast. Two days ago, we continued the series called Learning from Wives in the Bible. Our sub-series is Abigail and the House Under Fire. Our topic for today is Nabal puts his family in danger. Today we will see how Nabal puts his family in serious danger. David's men were coming to kill all of his family and servants everything that he owned because of Nabal's foolish decision not to help David. Maybe your husband does some things that put your family in danger, maybe not physically, but maybe financially or emotionally. Sister, I pray that God will help you to be like Abigail, who took matters into her own hand while still respecting her husband. I pray for all those who have husbands like Nabal, that God will help them to be righteous and to live a life which is pleasing towards him and to behave in a manner towards their husbands which is respectful and godly. Deborah Shinobi will now take us further on this subject. Our dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the continuity of this series. We look to you to engage our hearts, to rethink our attitude as wives. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name, Amen. I am still welcoming you back to Women in Revival podcast and particularly to this series, Learning from Wives in the Bible. And we are doing this sub-series, Abigail and a House Under Fire. We've seen the type of person Abigail was. She was a beautiful woman and she was a woman of good understanding. She was a woman who was deeply rooted in God. And we also saw last time the type of husband this beautiful woman, this woman of good understanding married to, a foolish man, a man who opens his mouth foolishly, a man who spends money foolishly, a man who maltreats those in need, a man who was an abuser, so to say. 
yet we will see how God used Abigail to handle a house that was under fire. So today, I want us to look at when a man put his family in danger, neighbor put his family in danger. So again, let's go to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 25 and see what the Lord can share with us. We'll read from verse 5 to 13 and I read, And David sent out ten young men, and David said unto the young men, Get you up to Carmel, and go to neighbor, and greet him in my name. And thus shall ye say to him that liveth in prosperity. Are you seeing? A man who lived in prosperity. Peace be both to thee, and peace be to thy house, and peace be unto all that thou hast. And now I have heard that thou hast shearers. Now the shepherds which were with us, we hurt them not, neither was their aught missing unto them. All the while they were in Carmel. Are you saying they looked after neighbor's shepherds? Verse 8. Ask thy young men, and they will show thee. Wherefore, let the young men find favor in thy eyes. For we come in a good day. Give, I pray thee, whatsoever cometh to thy hand unto thy servant and to thy son David. And when David's young men came, they spake to Nabal according to all those words in the name of David and ceased. Now this was a man in need. They probably needed something to eat and they looked right and left. Where did they turn to? They felt Nabal was the only responsible person they could turn to. But we will see how Nabal reacted. Now verse 10. And neighbor answered David's servants and said, Who is David? And who is the son of Jesse? There are many servants nowadays that break away every man from his master. Are you saying? Are you saying the response of neighbor? Some of you may have husband that just talk anyhow, and you are wondering, ah, how can a man be talking like this? But we are seeing neighbor, he opened his mouth just anyhow. And verse 11 says, Shall I then take my bread and my water and my flesh that I have killed for my sharers and give it unto men whom I know not whence they be? As if he was saying over my dead body. Who will give what I have to David? Now verse 12, see. Nabal put his household in danger. And some of us have husbands who are putting our families in danger. But I'm praying that as we look at the life of this woman, our heart will be challenged and God will give us the wisdom to save our homes, to save our marriages. Verse 12. So David's young men turned their way and went again and came and told him all those things. And David said unto his men, Guard ye on every man his sword. And they gathered on every man his sword. And David also gathered on his sword. And they went up after David, about 400 men and 200 abode by this stuff. Wow. So it's as if the mouth of neighbor has landed him in trouble. So David is now coming with his 400 men in battle against neighbor. If I quickly take you to verse 34 and see what was to become of the family of neighbor. I'm reading now from the Amplifier and says, For as the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, who has prevented me from hurting you? Are you saying? So David was coming to hurt Abigail, to hurt everyone actually in Abigail's household. It says, If you had not hurried and come to meet me, surely by morning there would not have been left so much as one male to neighbor. Are you saying? So, the mouth of neighbor, the action of neighbor has now put his family in danger. Neighbor, a wealthy man. Neighbor, a foolish man. Neighbor, the husband of Abigail, a beautiful and a woman of good understanding. Nabal has now brought his family into danger. And some of you may have husbands that are bringing you, that has brought you into danger. 
or whose steps, whose actions seems to be leading the family astray. Maybe your husband spends money just anyhow. Maybe your bank account has gone into red. Maybe you have faced bankruptcy. Maybe all sorts of things have been happening in your life. Maybe you discovered that your husband is watching things he ought not to be watching and not knowing the children are discovering what he's watching and the children are also in danger now because they are also watching what dad is watching secretly. Maybe what is facing your matrimony now, the trouble that you are in that looks as if how do we get out of it comes as a result of your husband's action. As terrible as that may be, as challenging as that may be, there is hope. If only God will find you as a godly woman, as a woman of good understanding, even in your marital scenario, I tell you, God can rescue you and rescue your husband and rescue every member of your family. And I am praying that the Lord will find you to be someone who will indeed avert even the evil that is standing even in the way of a family life. Amen. This is Women in Revival podcast. Three days ago, we started a series called Learning from Wives in the Bible. Our sub-series is Abigail and a House Under Fire. Our topic for today is Abigail's Prompt Intervention. Today we see that Abigail was prompt in intervening into the situation. She wouldn't just sit down and stand and wait for David's army to come and kill her family. Sister, maybe your husband has made some decisions which are not right according to God's plan. It is your job, in a respectful way and in a way that pleases the Lord, to take intervention. Abigail did not sit down and say, oh well, it was Nabal's choice. She stood up, she arose and used her good understanding and sorted out the situation. Sister, I pray that God will give you wisdom concerning how to deal with such matters. Deborah Ashinabi will now take us further on this subject. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for the continuity of this series. And it is my prayer that you will equip each and every of our hearts and that we may arise from this series to be wives after your so i want to welcome you back to women in revival podcast we are still on the series learning from wives in the bible we are looking at their ordeal the outcome of the ordeal and how their ordeal had done the gospel or did not adorn the gospel and we are on sub-series three abigail and a house under fire we have seen the ordeal of abigail she was married to a foolish man, to a, to a man that talked just anyhow, a rich man, a farmer, a man that spent money foolishly, a man that party, you know, a man that was stingy, a man that lacked compassion. And last time we saw that this man put his family in danger. Now today, let us go and look at Abigail's prompt intervention. The problem actually is not that neighbor put the family into danger. The issue is what type of wife did neighbor had. Because if not for Abigail, we will see the entire male in the household of Abigail would have gone for it just in one day. So let us look at Abigail's prompt intervention. 
Now we are going back again to 1 Samuel chapter 25, the prompt intervention of Abigail. Not only did she intervene, but she intervened promptly. She acted at the right time. Let's read 1 Samuel 25, verse 14 to 32. And I read, But one of the young men told Abigail, neighbor's wife, saying, Behold, David sent messengers out of the wilderness to salute our master, and he railed on them. Are you seeing the description? Neighbor railed on them. This was the testimony of neighbor servants. The staff of neighbor were the ones saying that our, our, our boss, wow, the way he talks is terrible. Now verse 15, but the men were very good unto us. And we were not hurt, neither missed we anything as long as we were conversant with them when we were in the fields. They were a wall unto us, both by night and day, all the while, while we were with them, keeping the sheep. Now, therefore, know and consider what that we do. Are you seeing what the servants are saying to their mistress, to Abigail? They said, Know and consider what you will do. And I want to pause here for a minute. Are you saying to be a woman that will arise and settle an issue quickly? First, you must be a woman that is approachable. Your children should be able to approach you. Your, your Whoever, they should be able to approach you on the problem that is on ground and how you might arise to sort it out. If your husband is difficult to approach and you are difficult to approach, then you will be putting the life of your husband in danger and the life of your entire family. So we see the servants, they could approach Abigail. Abigail was approachable. They said to her, now know and consider what you will do. For evil is determined against our master and against all his household, for he is such a son of Belial that a man cannot speak to him. Wow! Such was the man that Abigail got married to. Maybe you may be wondering, where did Abigail come across this type of a husband? But God knew what he was doing. God knew that the type of wife that neighbor needed was such a godly woman like Abigail. And verse 18, then Abigail made haste and took 200 loaves and two bottles of wine and five sheep ready dressed and five measures of patch corn and 100 clusters of raisins and 200 cakes of figs and laid them on asses. Are you seeing what Abigail did? The Bible says she made haste. She did not waste time. The New Living Translation says Abigail wasted no time. She did not engage herself with her husband and be quarreling and be railing at her husband and be murmuring and be shouting and be doing all sorts of. No, she did not go on social media and go and chat something about her husband. The Bible says she wasted no time. She did not pick up her phone and text and say, honey, how could you behave so foolishly? No. Abigail acted hastily. Now verse 19. And she said unto her servants, Go on before me. Behold, I come after you. But she told not her husband neighbor. Are you seeing? She went quickly as an intercessor to stand in the gap for her husband and for her household. She needed to resolve the trouble that her husband has caused. And verse 20 says, and it was so as she rode on the ass that she came down by the convert on the hill. And behold, David and his men came down against her. I don't know whether you understand what I'm reading. David and his men came down against her and she met them. Wow. I, you know, from where I come from, what I should say is I salute her. I love this woman of courage. I am seeing that courage is not quarreling with my husband. Courage is not demanding my way. Courage, wow, is what I'm seeing in Abigail. The Bible says David and his men, what did they do? They came down against. They were in, pos uh, in opposition against Abigail. 
and Abigail herself went and met with them. Verse 21. Now David has said, Surely in vain have I kept all that this fellow have in the wilderness, so that nothing was missed of all that pertained unto him, and he have requited me evil for good. So and more also do God unto the enemies of David, if I leave of all that pertained to him by the morning light, any that pisseth against the wall. Verse 23. I want you to see a tactful woman. A woman that arose appropriately. A woman who undoed a house that was under fire. Verse 23. And when Abigail saw David, are you saying she hasted? Are you saying not only did she hasted initially when the servant brought her this news, when she saw David, she hasted and lighted off the ass and fell before David on her face and bowed herself to the ground. Wow, what a woman of humility. She humbled herself. This tells me that she humbled herself even to her own husband. Now, do you know it would have been okay, maybe, if Abigail looked at David also and decided, what did she, what did it mean? What he's asking for is this is by right? How dare him? You know, there are some of us wives who are supposed to be interceding, helping our husbands who are misbehaving. Instead, we are joining forces to destroy their lives as we are quarreling and fighting with people. Therefore, Abigail, hers was not so. And verse 24 tells us that Abigail fell at his feet and said, Upon me, my Lord, upon me. Wow. Let this iniquity be. And let thy handmaid, I pray thee, speak in thy audience and hear the words of thy handmaid. Let not my Lord, I pray thee, regard this man of Beliah, even neighbor. For as his name is, so is he. Neighbor is his name, and folly is with him. But I, thy handmaid, saw not the young men of my Lord, whom thou didst send. So what are we seeing from here? I'm seeing a woman who was taking responsibility. As if she was saying to David, blame me for everything that happened. Blame me that I wasn't available when you sent the men. Just put all the blame on me. Leave my husband alone. And verse 24 says, Now therefore, Lord, my Lord, as the Lord liveth, and as I so liveth, seeing the Lord, have withheld thee from coming to shed blood, and from avenging thyself with thy own hand. And now, let thy enemies, and they that seek evil to my Lord, be as neighbor. And now, these blessings which thy handmaid have brought unto my Lord, let it even be given unto the young men that follow my Lord. I pray thee, forgive the trespass of thine handmaid. Are you saying she wasn't saying it was her husband who did it? It's me. It's me, O oh Lord. For the Lord will certainly make my Lord a sure house. Because my Lord fighted the battles of the Lord, and evil have not been found in thee all thy days. Yet a man is risen to pursue thee and to seek thy face, but the soul of my Lord shall be bound in the bundle of life with the Lord thy God, and the souls of thy enemies, them shall he sling out as out of the middle of his sling. Are you seeing how Abigail was interceding? Are you seeing verse 30, and it shall come to pass, when the Lord shall have done to my Lord, according to all the good that he hath spoken concerning thee, and shall have appointed thee ruler over Israel, that this shall be no grief unto thee, no offense of heart unto my Lord, either that thou hast shed blood, costless, or that my Lord have avenged himself. But when the Lord shall have dealt well with my Lord, then remember thy handmaid. And David said to Abigail, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, which sent thee this day to meet me. Wow. Abigail handled a house under fire. She was standing between two terrible men. Because even David, if we will be honest, was terrible. He was getting angry over a matter that do not necessarily have to be this way. Abigail could have looked at, you know, David and tell it to his face and say, how dare you? Who do you think you are? How could you be coming, you know, to come and harass my household? Were you the owner of the flock? 
were, you know, she could have been saying all sorts of things. No, she was standing between a foolish husband and a wicked David. And God helped Abigail to avert the evil that neighbor husband brought upon her household. So we saw that there was danger looming upon the household of neighbor and Abigail. And because Abigail was a woman of good understanding, a woman of good discernment, which means she could judge well, what did she do? She arose. Even though she was married to a terrible man, but she did not allow her husband's attitude, her husband's sinfulness, her husband's backsliding to hinder her in pursuing a godly standard for her own life. We saw that she was approachable. Her husband's young men could approach her. These are the ingredients that you also need to trust the Lord to give you. If you are going to be a woman who will act promptly, who will intervene promptly over the life of your husband and that of your children. How else did Abigail tackle this situation? She was attentive to the men's information. When the men were telling her, oh, our, oh, our master railed on David, you better arise and go and act. You know, Abigail did not argue. She was attentive. She did not neglect what her ears heard. She acted quickly. Are you saying? She acted quickly. She knew that her husband was not in his right mind. So quarreling with her husband was out of the way. She did not bother to tell her husband, but instead she arose quickly to act on her husband's behalf. Abigail understood that the damage that was to come upon neighbor was also a damage upon her life and upon all she and neighbor had labored for. And again, how did she intervene promptly? Even David that was boasting. We see how she humbled herself even before David. You know, she humbled herself in the sight of David. She fell at David's feet. She did not query David or anything. She took responsibility for her husband's action. And you know, that was it. And if you are going to be a woman who will act promptly on behalf of your husband, you need to take responsibility. You need to take blame actually for your husband's misconduct and take him even, even before the law. And one thing that I also want to say, you will see that Abigail, when she met with David from verse 26 in that first Samuel 25, you see how Abigail began to affirm David. She was affirming who he was, who he will be, the future God has in plan for them. And this is where I want to close this broadcast. Some of you have husbands that are terrible, so to say. But can God find you a woman who is not looking at the negative that you are seeing right now in your husband? But a woman who is affirming in the place of prayer what you desire to see in the presence of God. Maybe your husband is an arrogant man. It's an angry man. He talks just turning out to you and to the children. You know, he and the children, they are not in good time. Can I say to you, do you want to go before the Lord and begin to affirm who he is and begin to say to the Lord, yes, my husband is this, my husband is that, but Lord, I am coming. The man you've given to me, he shall be responsible. He shall be this, Lord. You know, as God find you, as a faithful intercessor on your husband's behalf, could God change your marriage story? Abigail was tactful. She acted immediately. She intervened promptly. And it is my prayer that you will also arise to the task of securing your husband, securing your home without shifting blame. You know, you will take blame so that the purpose and the counsel of God is established even in your home. I'm not saying if a woman is under physical, emotional abuse and what have you, she should suffer silently. No, seek help. Speak to older women who will help you, godly women who will help you navigate life 
in the midst of that difficulty. There have been many stories of women who are married to a neighbor like this, difficult men who abuse them emotionally, sexually, verbally, physically, but as they found godly people who helped them, their lives became a testimony to their husbands and such husbands are working with God today. It is my prayer that the Lord will find you such a wife that you will not trivialize the doom that is hanging upon your household. You will not trivialize the misconduct of your husband and you will not keep going back to confront him and quarrel him. But you will be that wife who will learn to be an intercessor for that precious husband that the Lord has given to you. Proverbs chapter 22 verse 3 says, A prudent person foresees danger and takes precautions. I'm praying that you be a prudent person who will see danger and take precaution. May you not just be a nagging wife, but rather an example of a godly woman. And I am praying that as you also arise on your husband's behalf, may God step in into the situation in your marriage. Amen. days ago, we started a series called Learning from Wives in the Bible. Our sub-series is Abigail and a House Under Fire. Our topic for today is Get Understanding. Sisters, get understanding. Abigail had understanding, good understanding, and that is what drove her to do all she did. That is what helped her as she made the decisions she made. She lived in a difficult house. Her house may not have been a pleasant one, but she's had, she had understanding and used it to the best of her ability. She allowed God to work through her using good understanding, not worldly understanding, but good and solid understanding, which she used to change the course of her family. And indeed, through that, she became a wife of King David, the greatest king of Israel. Sisters. Maybe you are in the same position as Abigail. Get understanding. Maybe you're not. Get understanding. Understanding is useful for all walks of life, whether you're in a good situation or a bad one. Deborah Shnabi will now take us further on this subject. Father, I just want to thank you for this series and want you to share it with us concerning the life of Abigail, the wife of We know the ordeal of all the women that are going through this series. You know what their marriages look like and only you can step in to change the story. And I am praying that as many wives that are weeping behind, as many wives that are sorrowful behind the makeup, that you will send them help. Give them the boldness to reach out. Give them the boldness to cry out to godly older women who can help them, who can journey this difficult season of their marriage, even with them. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to say thank you so much for joining us to the end of this series. We've come to the end of this series today. Abigail and the house on the fire. We'll be moving to sub-series four. We'll be looking at another wife of the Bible and see what we can learn from the life of such a woman. Abigail, in this series, we saw the type of man she was married to. We saw the type of woman Abigail was. She was a beautiful woman, a woman of good understanding, a woman whose root has gone down into God. Yet we saw that the type of husband she married to was a difficult husband. Maybe like some of us who married before we became born again. Maybe you probably married outside God then. And now you are born again. And things seem so, so difficult in your relationship with your husband. Or maybe you were actually in the church 
but you slipped out of Christ to go and marry outside Christ. And now you are married and you are seeing the difficulty of marrying an unbeliever. The truth is, you are married now. So you now need to trust God to help you in order to help that life. So last time we saw how Abigail promptly intervened into the situation that was facing her marriage. Her husband had put their family in a severe danger. The entire male in Abigail's family, even including the servant, was about to be wiped out until Abigail arose. She wasn't blaming her husband. She didn't go and meet her husband and be quarreling and be nagging him or call friends and be talking about her husband. No, she arose quickly and interceded for her husband. And even the man that was coming with his undress to fight Abigail's husband was also at fault, actually. Yet Abigail did not engage that. Rather, she stood in the gap, both for her husband and for her family. Now, on today, the last year of this series, having looked at the life of Abigail, what is the state of your marriage? What type of man are you married to? Are you married to a man like Abigail's husband? Maybe you say, actually, mine is worse than neighbor. Or mine is this. But we are saying that there is no new thing under the heaven. Abigail was able to handle her difficult husband. And the Lord helped her. And what I want us to do today is to look at get understanding. You know, when we saw Abigail at the beginning of this series, we saw she was a woman of good understanding. And unfortunately, many married wives, where we are getting our understanding from is faulty. We are building our marriages on faulty foundation. To some of you, it's worldly magazines. To some of you, it's celebrities. To some of you, it's on social media. But can God make you such a woman who will find understanding in God? You need to have an understanding of what God says concerning marriage generally. You need to have an understanding of what God says concerning your own marriage. And you need to have an understanding of your husband and trust God to give you wisdom as to how to handle him. I believe there is no man that is too difficult for the Lord to handle. If only you submit and subject yourself to the Lord. Could God use you as his instrument to conquer even your husband? Let's go and read Proverbs chapter 4 verse 7. And it says, Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom and with all thy getting, get understanding. You see, the New Living Translation says, Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. And whatever else you do, develop good judgment. So what King James Version calls understanding, the New Living Translation calls it good judgment. Ladies, many times we lack good judgment. We respond according to what is on ground. We don't judge properly. Now, the Amplify says the beginning of wisdom is get wisdom. Skillful and godly wisdom. Are you saying for skillful and godly wisdom is the principal thing. And with all you have gotten, what is he saying? Get understanding, that is discernment, comprehension, and interpretation. You want to trust God to interpret your husband's action, your husband's words, even to you in a more godly way. Even though he may have spoken in an ungodly way, but you want to trust God for his own interpretation. For that is how you can bring help to your husband. And Proverbs 24, which I read earlier in this series, says, verse 3, Through wisdom is an house builded, and by understanding it is established. Yes, you've got married. You had an elaborate wedding and what have you. You went for your honeymoon and everything was that. But a year down the line, two years down the line, 
10 years after marry, 20 years after marry, you are tired. You are fed up. You are actually on the way to divorce. God says, yes, you've got married. Now you need understanding. You want to understand the man you marry. You want to understand his character, the reason behind his aggressiveness. You want to know. And you want to trust God to help you to help his life. I'm praying the Lord will help you to see beyond the action of your husband. Proverbs 10 verse 13 also says, In the lips of him that have understanding, wisdom is found. Are you seeing? That is the first part. Then this other part says, But a rod is for the back of him that is void of understanding. Even though I am not supporting abuse of women in any kind, but the honest with ladies, let's talk to each other. Some of the abuse, sometimes some of your husband are slapping you, which I do not agree with. But sometimes could your lips also be the reason for this trouble that is happening in your marriage? The Bible says wise words come from the lips of people with understanding. But those who lack sense will be beaten with a rod. I am praying that your lip will be a lip of understanding. The Amplified says, On the lips of him who has discernment skillful and godly wisdom is found. But discipline and the road are for the back of him who is without sense and understanding. You know, it takes lack of understanding to be comparing your husband with your friend's husband. Do you know it takes a lack of understanding to take issues that are happening in your marriage onto social media? Do you know it is a lack of understanding to take the matter that is happening between your husband, the attitude of your husband to friends that will actually advise you against God's word? Understanding means seeking help, but seeking help from godly people. And 2 Timothy 2 7 says, Consider what I say, and the Lord give thee understanding in all things. And that is how I'm rounding up this series. Consider what Deborah or Shinibi has said, the scriptures she has read, and may the Lord give you understanding. Think over all these things. Think over all that we have said. Ponder upon the life of Abigail. Go back and study Abigail beyond this podcast. And may the Lord give you understanding. Understanding of your husband, understanding of his character, understanding of the reason for his behavior, understanding of God's general concept of marriage, understanding of your own particular marriage, and understanding of what step you need to take in order to redeem your matrimony. Amen.